0: This morning's call to worship is Psalms 95, 1-7. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice. Amen. Amen. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love them because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everybody. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continuously. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all and hold on to what is good and reject whatever is harmful. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all God's people with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen.
1: Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where where are all the other nine? Was no one found to return and give the praise to God uh, except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Amen.
2: I'd like to suggest to you this morning that there were different levels of healing between those 10 lepers. Jesus says to the one who came back to thank him, go for your faith has made you well. That was true for all of the others without Jesus saying it. Fact of the matter is, nine others had presented themselves to the priest and were found to be clean. They were healed. Their leprosy was gone. They were able... To return to their families. So you ask. What difference does gratitude make? Well the story is told us. For two reasons. One because the one who expressed gratitude. Was outside of the group. Normally assumed to bear God's favor. Was a Samaritan. So often Jesus points in kingdom life to someone from outside of the religious tradition as someone who exemplifies a quality of faith or trait of gratitude or some other aspect that's worthy and desirable even in his people. The second, of course, is that gratitude is important and heals us on another level. There's something powerful about acknowledgement Think about how uncomfortable you are in a room when you go into a party, let's say, or a gathering, and you see clumps and clusters of people talking, two and three over here, a little circle of five or six over there, one or two over there, and you sort of mill about amongst them and find no opening. Nobody recognizes that you are there. Nobody chooses to reach out and welcome you. Nobody engages you. Nobody says, hey, it's great to see you. When you decide to get up your nerve to push things a little bit and you uh, make your way into the conversation between the two, you find that they quickly disperse and go over and talk to the other three who are gathered. And once again, you're on your own. If you haven't experienced that, imagine that feeling for just a moment. And we get a sense very quickly of the importance of acknowledgement. The acknowledgement of person. The acknowledgement of presence. The acknowledgement of intent. Gratitude acknowledges something far more profound, I think, even than that. Because it's more vulnerable. It acknowledges that we have received. It acknowledges a certain kind of dependency. It acknowledges that a grace has flowed from another to us and into our lives. And that frees us. It frees us from the delusion that we've mastered all of this for ourselves. It frees us from the illusion that we owe nobody anything. It frees us from the concern of pride. It frees us from our own egos because we have stopped and acknowledged other in gratitude. And so the Samaritan who returns to Christ in this story does something very special, not just for Christ, And I'll be very disappointed. I'll just get it out right now so that it doesn't happen to me in the lobby and then Arthex afterward. Be very disappointed if any of you comes to me and say, Christ didn't need his gratitude. Really? Some of you think God needs nothing. Are you prepared to tell me that for the investment of his son, he needs no return? Really? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. God doesn't need your gratitude to do what He does. Christ didn't need the gratitude of the nine to be able to send them to a priest and allow their faith to make them whole. But He needed the gratitude of the one at least. In acknowledgement that something had flowed from him, that a price had been paid, that a gift had been given, and that the gift superseded the act of healing from leprosy. It was a social healing. It was a spiritual healing. It was an economic healing. It was a renewal. It was tantamount to raising somebody from the dead. God may not need your gratitude to survive. He may not need your gratitude to do interesting things in your life. But He needs it if your relationship is going to thrive. He needs it if you are going to come to Him in praise and worship and put the universe in order. Because when we're grateful, we realize that we're not agents of source. We didn't make ourselves. We didn't make our food. Every year I quote this prayer to you because I think it's so profound. Bart Simpson. <laughs> well, God, it looks like we bought all this stuff at the store ourselves and made it ourselves, so thanks for nothing. Amen. It can't be any of us. It's such a lie. We didn't make ourselves. We aren't the source of all goodness. We aren't the source of all sustenance. Sustain. I can't find the word. Sustenance! Sustenance, Thank you. Oh my, sometimes. (laughs) I'm ready to fire the pastor as well as the secretary. (laughs) Retirement is getting closer and closer every year that ticks by. Well, I hope in that flub up you don't miss the point that when we put God first in acknowledgement of his, not just lordship, but his eternality, his power, his creative force, his wisdom, the sustenance of life that comes to us. When we consider our own finiteness and limitedness And the greatness of his presence and power. And when we stop in a moment and say it's not about us, we thank you that you're you. When we acknowledge him as the maker and source of everything, when we put the universe in its proper order, we prepare ourselves to be healed. And we all need healing, we're all broken in one way or another, we're all hurt in some way or another. We're all damaged goods in some sense or another. And Christ heals. And I believe he can do it with or without your gratitude. The scripture illustrates it. But I believe your gratitude will heal you at a deeper level than just your faith. We've read several other texts this morning that have richness to them that we don't have full time to explore. But in this season of Thanksgiving, in this season in which we acknowledge other, in this season when we celebrate survival, and we're really removed from that, I know, living in cities and so forth, But just think about how much food you'd have to eat if there was a run on the grocery store and your pantry were empty. And you had no gasoline in your tank. And there was none for sale. We're pretty dependent. We're pretty dependent. And so, out of all of this, doesn't need to come a sense of helplessness or hopelessness or loss. Out of this needs to well a deep sense of the power of connection and the graces of gratitude. Nurturing that sense that something profoundly good has been given us and placed within us. Something profoundly changing is ours in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Something profoundly enriching is theirs when we begin to look for it. I heard a story, I don't know if it's uh, true, I don't know if it's uh, one of those urban myths or what, but uh, there's a story of a person who decided to start expressing gratitude daily and began to write individuals that he knew in his life thanking them for those things that they might have done for him or praising them for the things that he appreciated about them, for those qualities in their relationship or experience together that he was grateful for. The story goes on to share ways in which it absolutely changed his outlook on life, fundamentally changed his energy and spirit, transformed his relationships and made his life anew. The power of gratitude is the power of Christ at work amongst us. And when we express our love and gratitude to our Heavenly Father, to our earthly families, to our church community and friends, something great is unleashed. And that's the power of this season. And as we anticipate Advent and the glory of the coming of our God, let us not forget to rejoice and be thankful. And so, Lord, in gratitude, transform us for we lift our hands in praise. Amen.